0: So, you're finally ready to become a listing agent. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're done buying buyer leads. You're done wasting all your nights, weekends, and every waking moment chasing buyer leads. You're done having your buyer agent commission be a BA point of contention. You're done working with buyers. You finally are ready to become a listing agent. Well, you've come to the right place. What we're going to be doing for the next three pods is we're going to be giving you our seven step listing process. Uh, it's an overview because obviously the seven-step listing process itself is incredibly comprehensive as we'll be um, letting you guys know as we go through these seven steps. letting you know We're going to talk about the pre-listing pack, but we're not going to be able to obviously get into all the pages of the pre-listing pack because our pre-listing pack is very comprehensive. But we're at least going to give you an overview of the seven steps necessary for you to become a listing agent. Take really good notes. Feel free to share these really good notes uh, with others as you see fit. And remember, Julie and I do – uh, publish our notes that we use on our main website, timandjulieharris.com. and they also get uh, gets picked up by iTunes and Stitcher and all the rest of it. So do please share these notes with other agents because if there was ever a time to become a listing agent, it's now. I don't, you know. Here's the funny part, Julie. I was thinking about amending your notes that you wrote for us with giving them reasons why they want to become listing agents and uh, basically treat buyers as they've always historically been treated. As the side product, as the byproduct of being a listing agent. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, you know what? I don't have to convince these guys.
1: (laughs) They know by now. (laughs) Of the
0: insanity of basically buying buyer leads. Because everyone, when you and I started telling agents, this was back in 2012 when we first started this podcast. And we started begging them to stop buying buyer leads, especially Mm -hmm. from Zillow. Because we saw the writing on the wall that Zillow was definitely in, going to uh, get into the real estate business as yes, they have. And amongst others. Amongst other things. Most yeah, prevalently, yeah. yeah. I received an email just for example. No, no. I received a cold call this morning, which nothing wrong with that. From uh, And the first opening line was, um, you know, somebody with a heavy Indian accent. Asking if we because you know you're licensed and they obviously had your phone number from wherever database probably Texas right probably and they were calling and asking oh, uh, right. hello do you have a, do you have um, any availability availability work with any more buyers and sellers in your area <laughs> I mean that was <laughs> yeah. so obviously this was another one of the billions and billions of companies that are selling leads to you guys. But it was obvious to Julie and I back, you know, in 2000 and whatever, that this was going to be something that was going to grow into a major industry and has, there's billions and billions of dollars that are made selling primarily buyer leads to agents all over the country and all over Canada as well. So we have always been the anecdote to this insanity of buying buyers, uh, buying buyer leads, because if you're a listing agent, you have to beat the buyers off with a stick. And no, we don't mean that literally, but you get the idea for every one listing you have in this market if you're working the buyers as we coach you to work them you're going to sell at least two houses one buyer or one listing will equal two transactions and it could just be the buyer buying a you know buying the listing from you it could be the seller buying a house from you but most likely what it's going to be is you're going to you list a house that seller is going to buy something from you and that's going to be you know two transactions but you're also going to be able to create other buyer leads off that listing which then you'll be able to sell other listings to if you choose to now, here's a thing that's uh, unique about Julie and I's uh, approach to real estate. We make it so, or we uh, suggest that some of you consider making buyers optional once you've learned to be a powerful listing agent. Once you've learned what your real estate magic number of listings is, once you've gotten your listings up to a, a consistent level, once you've mastered the art and science of working consistently, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level to the point where you have consistent number of listings, and you are no longer dependent on buyers, and you want your weekends and your life back, you can then start referring your buyers out. Now, here's where most of you will make a classic mistake. And this mistake started happening in the 1990s is you will say, aha, I know what I'll do is I'll hire buyer's agents. I'll hire buyer's agents and I'll send those buyer leads to the buyer's agents. And then somehow I'll I'll increase my income. But what we found over, yes, and that did work in the 90s by the way, but what we found over time is that that into the business model does not work as well as if you were just to take those buyer leads and refer them to other independent agents in your marketplace. You heard me right.
1: Buyer referral partners are different than hired buyers agents for your team that you think you're supposed to build.
0: Correct. And I remember when Julie and I, oh, we posted a picture on Instagram. uh, It's Tim and Julie Harris. (laughs) Yeah, of uh, when Julie and I first started selling real estate, my mom found all these old pictures. Um, and I'm, it's, it's almost, it's hard to believe how old they actually are, but we, uh, I took pictures of them. Julie and I took pictures of them put them on Instagram, but you guys can see pictures of Julie and I when we first started selling real estate. We really do look like kids. I'm, am- I'm amazed that so many people did business with us. <laughs>
1: we joke that we looked like we were 12. I, I would say barely 12, maybe.
0: Well, in a, one of but the it pic- worked for us. In one of the pictures I put up, Julie, we were standing there by our REMAX sign proudly, you know, because we listed, the, it was probably our nicest listing we'd had at that point. Yes. I think it was our first year in the business or maybe the second half of the, or the first half of the second year. But we're wearing clothes. No, it was our first year. Mm-hmm. We're wearing clothes we got it at a thrift store. Yes. Because we didn't have any money.
1: A nice consignment store, but consignment nonetheless.
0: Yeah, but we worked. looked like we looked like we were wearing somebody else's clothes because we were. We were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so any event, yeah, go look at those pictures. But what we did do right, and what we're hoping all of you do right as well, is we did understand the importance out of the gates of being listing agents. And you're finally ready to be a listing agent. So what we're gonna do this week is we're gonna give you the seven step listing process. With this information, all of you are gonna be motivated to want to become listing agents, and we're gonna tell you what actions to take thereafter.
1: Yes, and these seven steps are not interchangeable. They are not, you know, a menu of do this sometimes, you know, and skip this step. All of these seven steps are really critical, not just to newbies, but also to all of you guys who are grizzled veterans. Sometimes you'll come to us and say, you know what? All of a sudden, I've stopped getting every listing I go on. What's going on? Probably you are skipping deleting, or modifying one of the seven steps. So this is for 110% of our listeners.
0: And it's also in somewhere in the middle are these agents that have been in the business for a long time who are listening to us now who have sort of an ad hoc listing presentation Mm -hmm. that they've kind of thrown together and modified along the way. And they accept the fact that they only list six or seven out of 10 listings that they go on. Right. They
1: think that's okay, but yet they're getting frustrated with it because the buyer end of the business has gotten harder and they want to take their listing end of the business to the next level. Well, this is when you get serious about following all seven steps 100% of the time, not having different rules for different people. Like, oh, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, I'll only do it if they didn't know me. I'm not going to do the seven steps for a past client. Well, you wanna do this 100% of the time for 100% of the people you're in front of. Show respect to your repeat and referral clients just as you would somebody who you are still earning their trust. So the seven-step listing process. Yes, you'll wanna take notes here, guys. Accept the following. You do have to list to last. Listings are mental labor. Working with buyers is physical labor. Freedom comes with listings. You can simply handle more listing business than buyer business once you understand the process. Being a listing agent requires more education, skill, polish, motivation, and perseverance than being a buyer's agent. Listing agents make a lot more money, more consistently, and with less stress. This is something that's a little bit counterintuitive sometimes, especially for agents that are not used to handling more than one, two, or three listings at a time. Once you do achieve that magic number that we refer to on virtually every podcast, it actually gets easier, not harder.
0: Well, let's get down to the essence of it. In So in real estate, if you want to be successful, there's three things you have to master. Being a proactive lead generator of listings, being a very effective pre-qualifier, primarily of sellers, and then you have to be a very good presenter. Normally, there'd be a negotiation there, too, is uh, another fourth thing you have to master. But in this marketplace, you put it for sale at somewhat of the right price, and it's going to sell itself. But you have to be a proactive lead generator. You have to be very good at pre-qualifying and very good at presenting. You do those three things. We give you permission to be terrible at everything else because you can delegate it. And that's the point Julie was making. If you wake up every morning, which you will as a coaching client, and you learn to pre-qualify and you learn you learn to proactively lead generate, you learn to pre-qualify, and you learn to present, when you have the contract signed, you can delegate everything else. Everything else that you think is important in your real estate business is not important. Oh, and by the way, if you have no TikTok videos, if you have no YouTube videos, if you have no social networking whatsoever, you'll still be as, as effective as somebody who's spent a lot of time well, and money on all those things. It's
1: not just okay to skip that. It may be very beneficial for you to skip that and drill down and concentrate on the things that actually work.
0: Well, Julie's saying something brilliant. I want you to all to think about this. If you in a year could be incredibly good at uh, proactively lead generating, at pre-qualifying and presenting, or you could be incredibly good at making YouTube videos. And YouTube videos for real estate, they're not going to ever get that many views anyway, right? So it's not like you're going to be able to make a living off your YouTube channel. So forget that dream, forget that fantasy for a second. So if you have a choice between really good at proactively lead generating, pre, uh, you know, pre-qualifying and presenting, or really good at social media. Which are you going to choose? Now, some of you are going to be confused by the question, so let me clarify for you. The first thing is going to directly result in you knowing how to generate your own listing leads, you consistently generating your own listing leads, you consistently helping sellers, you consistently making paychecks, and the other is a black hole of time, energy, uh, and certainly money um, and potential. Which are you going to choose? Which is going to lead directly to the accomplishment of your goals, which is the fulfillment of lots of transactions and getting paid, and which is speculative if you are still confused about the question? Because to what Julie's point was, if you have to choose, and you maybe should choose, podcast listener, Get really good at the proactive lead generation, the pre-qualifying, and the presenting, and set that other stuff aside and look at it for what it was intended to be, which is somewhat of a hobby or a distraction.
1: Absolutely optional.
0: Absolutely optional.
1: Not required. Okay. So here's another thing we have to talk about before we get into the actual seven steps. Listing agents work with, well, I should say powerful listing agents who have worked on their craft work with more than just repeat and referral clients. They are able to successfully help what you guys would call colder types of leads, due to their higher level of skill and confidence. So here's the thing, some of you guys have been doing okay with listings, primarily because they're people who already trust you, they were friends, they were past clients, they were referral from a friend or a past client. So this is one of the quintessential questions we get, especially from about, I'd say the three to $5 million volume producers. How do I go from that level where most of my listings are repeat and referral, to a level where maybe instead of two or three listings at a time, I'm working with maybe five to seven listings at a time. It's the proactive
0: part of the lead generation. That's the
1: thing, isn't it? And so the ability to work with people who don't already know, love, and trust you is the specific thing that will cause you to go from, quote, being stuck at maybe even an okay level but taking it to the next level of predictable, duplicatable business at a higher level of profitability.
0: And many of you don't have a choice but to do business with strangers because you don't know enough people. You're sure. just in, maybe in a new marketplace. So you kind of have an advantage because the agents that are coming into the business or in the business, they can lean into their centers of influence and past clients. They're always going to have somewhat of an excuse or a hedge against doing what they don't want to do and they don't want to do it at the highest level. So use your disadvantage or your perceived disadvantage of not having a deep well of centers of influence of past clients as your advantage, because that is what it is.
1: That's right. So I wrote down fact. Many agents do do the same volume and number of deals year in and year out because they are dependent on what they say, what comes to them naturally, or the easy business. Now, in order to get to that next level, you've got to learn to not just work with people you know, but people you don't know. So the listing agents seven Ps. This is something to memorize to keep you on the right track, because this is where skipping one of these steps can cause you to not take listings. Okay, so Listing agent 7Ps, the profit comes from previewing, pre-qualifying, preparing the pre-listing package, and a polished professional presentation. And of course, I threw in prayer doesn't hurt either. We actually have a Listing Agents prayer in the Harris Rules book.
0: Yeah, we should read it to him.
1: <laughs> we will. I don't have it on these notes, but maybe we'll do it tomorrow. So here's a, a quote from Norman Vincent Peale. Believe in yourself, have faith in your abilities. Without a humble but reasonable confidence in your own powers, you cannot be successful or happy. So, time to jump into step number one. Yep. Probably, well, definitely, the most important step is generate the lead in the first place because steps two through seven don't really matter if you haven't generated the lead. Now
0: let's, let's do give a little, you know, here's again, I realized in this sort of generation of agents that we're mostly speaking to are those of you who have only been in the business for 10 years or less. I'm, I would ma- imagine it was five years or less for probably 90% of our podcast mm-hmm. listeners. You do not have to buy leads. Buying leads is leaves you beholden. You're never going to be free as long as you're buying leads Ask anybody who's been buying leads from Zillow. Zillow's changed the rules of many, many millions of times, and there's you know all kinds of consternation about that. You guys all should know that. If you're new in the business, here's what sh- should be your own personal rule of op- your uh, operational rule number one: don't buy business. Learn how to be a proactive lead generator. What's a proactive lead generator? It's somebody who knows how to directly contact, solicit, communicate with. A uh, owner of a house that is already has their hand in their air, saying, "Yes, I want to sell my house." And I want you guys to think about the insanity of this um, as I present it, because this really is quite funny. In last time we did this, we were in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and we were standing in front of a room. It was less than fifty people, and we were going on our Harris U.S. tour. And all these people were, you know, agents and successful, and um, who was it? Heath was going to close something like one point eight million dollars in real estate, and you know, in commissions, and he's very successful. So the rest of were is agents and friends. And I asked the question, I said, how much would you guys pay me for a list of sellers per lead, let's say, for a list of sellers right now who want to sell their house? How much would you give me? How much would you pay me?
1: Where 100% of the people on that list definitely want to sell their house.
0: And most of them are already you know conceded to a commission. Most of them basically already are, they're motivated. They're going to tell you what their qualification is. This is the very, now here's what happened. I said, "Would you pay how much? You know, how much are you willing to pay for a listing referral?" What's and I here's how I did it. I said, "What's the average sale price in your marketplace?" And it was four hundred thousand. I said, "So what's the average commission?" And they told me. I said, "So what are you willing to pay for a listing referral from a very motivated seller that's going to uh, list with you at the growing rate of commission and the sale price is going to be four hundred grand? What would you pay me?" Be careful right here. Yeah. What would you pay me for that lead? And what would you pay me for that referral? And I heard twenty five percent all the way up to forty percent. is what some of these big referral companies are trying to charge agents. And it's not an exclusive lead either. So I say, okay, I, so you're telling me, and based on the commission that you're receiving, that you're willing to pay me thousands of dollars for this (laughs) listing lead. um, And just the way it is. And and they, and some of them said, yes, I said, well, here's the phone number. uh, And and here it is. And you want to know where I got this lead? When they said, yes. I said, well, about 10 minutes ago on our way to this country club where Julie and I are presenting to you right now, we drove past a for sale by owner and we took a picture of the for sale by owner. And here's the phone number. That right there is a person who has their hand in the air right now saying, yes, I want to sell my house. And you just told me you'd be willing to pay me something like $4,000 for that lead. Pay up.
1: Yeah. And yet every single one of them had driven past that very same. For On the sale same by owners, way to the same place. Which incidentally was in a very beautiful neighborhood with probably a higher average sale price than that four hundred thousand that we quoted. Exactly. And yet you keep driving by and some of them would even claim, Oh, there's no for sale by owners in my market and all of the other excuses. But we'll do a separate podcast about for sale by owners. And
0: the reality of it is, guys, there's something like easily 20 different sources of motivated sellers that are out there that have their hands in the air that are waiting right now for someone to call them okay here's another funny story where are we we were the other day at home lowes or home depot oh. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and you took pictures didn't you
1: i think i did yeah, yeah i had to do a sneak attack but i did
0: so we were we were in some aisle buying a lockbox or what were we buying who knows we were looking for some silliness for this house right yeah and um sure and then there was as there always are there was some in cap for a for sale by owner kit you know they sell you a, a corrugated plastic sign says for sale by owner it, right? some little wiry thing you stick in the ground and sometimes a some type they of marker they even a big
1: sharpie pen next yeah, to and it yeah a big
0: sharpie yeah. pen right and and then there was some guy that wanders in he looks through the different sizes and the prices, and Julie and I are just sitting there out of the corner of our <laughs> eye watching this guy sort of laboriously going through, trying to choose his exact sign. A
1: for sale by owner out in the wild.
0: And sure enough, uh, he, he doesn't end up buying the sign. He, he, he then puts the sign back, and he wanders off to the next thing that was on display. But the point is, that is a seller. That is somebody who's yes. going to put their house in sale. And that's about how committed he was to like, it, right? Right. But yeah, but you can yeah. imagine the thoughts were going on in his head. He was thinking to himself, well, I want to put the house on the market in the spring and that's a couple months from now. So I might as well just wait to, you know, spend the $17 in the spring versus yep. now and, but he, that is a lead. Now I'm not saying go and hang out by the for sale by owner uh, end caps at Lowe's <laughs> though you could, they're everywhere. And you can go and look yes. for old expired, old withdrawals, old temporarily off the market. You can look for all kinds of different things, the builder stuff that's not listed for sale.
1: Expireds, we could talk about that uh, No, well,
0: what, what was the, I always, uh, what's the? Uh, probate. Probate listings. There's so many different sources that we teach you guys how to proactively lead generate from. We teach you how to do it through direct proactive contact and also through digital contact. The secret sauce is doing the phone call or the in-person and then following up with digital. But the most important thing is your voice, your face in front of that prospective seller. You do not have to pay for that.
1: That's the proactive part.
0: That's the proactive. That's what proactive means. It takes skill. It takes doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. But listeners, how many times do you have to win before you want more of it? Once is the answer. You get one for sale by owner that you had no previous relationship with. I promise you your world is going to shift. You will never buy a lead again everything about your life and your real estate business is going to seem completely different because you've now taken something, a business that you have always felt like you had to buy your business. You had to, you know, do all this goofiness on social and you had to do all these other things. And now you realize what this business truly is. The beautiful aspect of it is, is it's you, a seller, a buyer, a, co- a contract and a commission check. That's what it is. It does not have to be more complicated than that. The only reason there are all these companies that are in the biz- in the market right now is because in selling stuff to agents is because it's been a seller's market for so long. As soon as the market starts to shift, which we're not expecting anytime soon, just to be clear, but as soon as that starts to shift, all those companies are going to go out of business. That's how this industry works. We've been in this industry long enough. All the carpet baggers show up and try to sell you guys stuff that you don't need. As soon as the market uh, changes and the easy money's gone, they leave as well.
1: Now, you said the secret sauce, I'm going to rewind you just a little bit so that they get this in their notes. You said the secret sauce is the actual conversation, actually voice to voice or in person. And I 1000% agree with you, way, way more effective than anything else that they're doing with double opt-in pages and waiting for the database to get back with them or buying leads. But I would add to that a second secret sauce, which is proprietary to our coaching. And that is the spokes in the wheel analogy that it is not just one thing. You guys are addicted to this whole easy button. If you just do this, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do this one thing because I've been promised that the world will rain leads upon me. It doesn't work that way. Even those of you who are really good with, say, your past clients and centers of influence, maybe the market just has a little hiccup because rates go up a tick and now people aren't just buying and selling for fun as much as they were, say, last year, Okay. So what are you gonna do if you are only dependent on one spoke of business? You've gotta have multiple things going at once. Let's say that you're great with your past clients and centers of influence, but you're also developing the ability to list expireds and for sale by owners, and you've got a little probate thing going on in the background. That means that on a given day, you are proactively lead generating in not just one area, but multiple areas, which means you're far more likely to have a predictable and duplicatable outcome.
0: And that's what we teach you in our coaching business. That's the reason, if you're ready to become a listing agent, that's what we do. We obviously teach you how to work with buyers and build your team and lead generate and build your systems and do all the other things. We teach you all of that. We even have a section about working with luxury, working with distressed, work doing, actually working in social networking. There is a place for that. But to Julie's point, with regards to the spokes, more spokes, you need, Ideal Business has about seven spokes on the wheel. Each spokes represents a dedicated source of business. Um, the first spokes you put on the wheel, and maybe the only spokes you put on the wheel, the first three or four, are the proactive lead generation spokes. Yes, that means you're going to have to have direct conversations with sellers. But yes, that also means you're going to be free from having to buy business. And we're going to end today's show with this one thought. You cannot ever have a everlasting Um, you know, business that's going to continue to grow. If you're building your, and this is an analogy, so stay with me on this. Never build your castle or your house on land you don't own. Do not build your business on systems that you can't control. And it is very difficult to do that nowadays, especially if you're, you know, Julie, I have an online business and we're using lots of other people's software to make our business Mm -hmm. run. We're very dependent on a lot of uh, third party things. So trust me when I tell you, it's hard to actually, you know, accomplish that goal. But in real estate, it's easy because if you decide to be a proactive lead generator, if you're not going to buy your business, then you are building your castle, which is your future, your business's future, your personal life's future on land you own, which is your skill set. You guys get the analogy? Which is
1: portable. You know, how many of our coaching clients have moved to different markets? Some of them because their spouse got transferred. Some of them voluntarily moved, especially during COVID, right? And so those skills are their land it is portable it goes with them all they have to do is get licensed in another state or move to a state with reciprocity and they are off to the races you can't say that if you're on somebody else's land
0: so guys we've given you enough information for today do something with it we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today and you guys have a fantastic day this is absolutely the time for you to become a powerful listing agent oh and by the way if you are finally ready to move over to eXp Realty, as many of you are, please do consider being uh, having Julie and I as your sponsor. Feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206. And that is my text, 512-758-0206. And when you do, we'll have a conversation about eXp Realty. You have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.